I don't have a lot of memories from my childhood. Perhaps you're like me. And memories are few, far between, and therefore precious. Some that I do have, I wish I didn't have. I recall vividly on one occasion, I can remember it as though it happened just last year, but I was only probably 11 or 12 years old. When shortly after Mother's Day, I was complaining to my mother about the fact that there was no Children's Day, when children should be honored. Later in life, I found out that in fact there is a day set aside to be Children's Day. The truth is, every day is Children's Day. They just don't realize it. One parent complained, the first half of my life was ruined by my parents. The last half is being ruined by my kids. I suppose most parents can identify with that at least one or two days a year. It's really impossible for children in their younger years to understand the sacrifice that their parents make for them. Later, the appreciation usually comes. In a day and culture when family is being discussed, redefined, and in some quarters undermined, it would be wise for us to hear a word from the author of the family, the Creator God, and to understand some of God's wisdom regarding the family. That is going to be our intent in the studies through the month of February in the book of Proverbs. God instituted the family as the basic unit of human social order. He considers the family, father, mother, children, to be so fundamental and significant that when he gave the Ten Commandments to Moses for the nation of Israel, the first of the commandments dealing with the social order addresses the family. He said, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. <clears throat> the New Testament echoes that command in Ephesians chapter 6 when it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. And then that command is quoted from Exodus. Following that, it goes on to say, And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. What does it mean to honor your parents? Well, the New Testament interpretation of that by the apostle is, it means, at least in part, to obey your parents. Children, obey your parents. But quickly the apostle goes on to say, and fathers, do not exasperate your children. In other words, children are to honor their parents by obedience. On the other hand, parents' actions should earn their respect. It is possible for a parent to exasperate a child by scolding and nagging, not listening, not keeping promises, the telling them to do something but not doing it oneself. 
All of these things to the extreme create frustration in a child that makes it very difficult for that child then to honor and obey the parent. As we look at God's wisdom regarding the family, we need to understand this, that if God's wisdom is followed and practiced, it will reverse the decline of our culture. And it will nearly eliminate most of the serious social problems plaguing the nation today and costing us billions of dollars. You say, it's as simple as that? That's exactly right. If we were to follow what God says about the family, it would reverse the trends in our nation and it would improve the economy of our nation. Because a great deal of the economic loss that we have is due to social problems that stem directly back to the family's failure. God's wisdom is very practical wisdom. It's wisdom that has an impact not only upon the people in the family unit itself, but upon the whole society. Whoever we are, whatever our age, God's wisdom tells us to honor our parents. How do we do that? Well, it's practical. God tells us in the book of Proverbs how we are to do it. The first hint is found in chapter 13 and verse 1. Where it says, a wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not listen to rebuke. Chapter 15 and verse 5, a fool spurns his father's discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. Chapter 23, verse 22, listen to your father who gave you life. And do not despise your mother when she is old. How do we honor our parents? Number one, listen to them. Listen with the ears and listen with the heart. Listen with an attitude to obey. There are not only exasperated children, there are exasperated parents. And there are some parents sitting in this room this morning who say, My children will not listen to me. On the one hand, it's no wonder they don't. For that's exactly what they're taught to do by the television programs that we allow their minds to be pickled with daily. Nonetheless, this refusal to listen is evidence of being a fool and a mocker if it becomes a habit of the life. Mockers are so cocksure of being right that they're contemptuous of anybody who tries to tell them anything. They're unteachable. Proverbs says it can be seen in their very face. For chapter 30, verse 17, it speaks about the eye that mocks a father. You can see it in the expressions of the face of children. We need to understand that the Mosaic Law took a serious view of rebellion. Stubborn refusal to obey one's parents resulted in what? Does anybody know? 
Execution. Capital punishment was the penalty for disobedience to parents. Deuteronomy 21, verses 18 to 21. Now, why was it so severe? I'll tell you why. It's because what happens in the home eventually takes place in society. And when there is not respect for authority in the home, there will eventually not be respect for authority in society, and that society will collapse. Therefore, it is essential that children learn to obey in the home. Listen to your parents. That's the wisdom of God. That's how you honor them. To rebel against parents, writes Kenneth Aitken, is to rebel against God's institution and design for order and responsibility in society. Now, frankly, there is no record of God's command in Deuteronomy being literally enforced in Israeli families of old. But God at least made the point with his people of how seriously he looks upon an attitude of rebellion. How a child listens to his parents reflects how he listens to God. There is a parallel that exists between the two. Parents, if we do not teach our children to listen to what we say to them, then essentially we are saying they need not listen to God either. And they won't. How do we honor our parents? Number one, by listening to them and taking heed to what they say. Does that mean the parents are always right? Of course not. There are no perfect parents. But it means that we must listen to what they say, and unless they contradict God, we're to obey them in the Lord. For that's just plain right to do. And furthermore, there's blessing promise to those who will. Secondly, to honor our parents, Proverbs tells us, chapter 30, verse 11, to speak well of them. Now, actually, this verse is just the opposite. It says it negatively, but I've chosen to state it positively for my outline today. The verse says, chapter 30 and verse 11, says, there are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. This is in a list of people described here whom God is not pleased with. I remember a time in my teenage years when I was so angry with my mother that as I went up the stairs under my breath, I cursed her. And immediately when I did, I was reminded of the verse in Proverbs that says, Whosoever curses his mother or father will die. God smote my heart. Now, my mother didn't hear it. Or I would have been in a lot of trouble. But God heard it. And God convicted me immediately that what I had said in my anger was foolish. To honor our parents... We must not curse them, but speak well of them. 
Actually, the word curse here means to seek them harm by bringing a curse on them. You say, oh, that's just, you know, that's hokey pokey stuff. That, you can't really curse somebody. Just pagan people believe in that. That's not true, friend. I talked with a parent last week in another city whose two children were cursed by a Satanist who was a plant in their church. And those children are now in their 20s and 30s, and only now has that curse come to light so it can be canceled. Their lives have been uh, partially wrecked because of a curse that was placed upon them by an occultic power. It is very real. And what is warned about here is placing a curse upon your parents. And in fact, the penalty for doing this was also execution in the law of Moses. It is actually the same penalty as blaspheming God, because that too was to be punished by execution. You see, there is a parallel in the mind of God between parent and himself. It's not that the parents are God, but in the life of the child they stand in the place of God. In a very important respect. And so a child is to speak well of his parents and not to curse them. We need to measure our words carefully. It's not just little children who can say things that hurt a parent. When I was a college student, I was home for a break. And one evening, a missionary guest was in our home. <clears throat> she was helping us do the dishes after dinner. My mother was washing, she was drying, and I was putting them away. And we were talking. And up in the cupboard, I found some dust. Now that, of course, does not happen in any cupboards represented in this congregation. But on the farm, it happens. There was dust up there, to which, in a rather calloused way, I called attention to it in front of this missionary guest, not realizing I had deeply wounded my mother. She disappeared, I noticed, and the missionary friend got next to me and said, uh, <clears throat> I think you need to go talk to your mom. Well, I found her out on the porch crying, doing some other work because she'd been hurt. We don't have to be little children to hurt our parents. Sometimes we can hurt them when they're old when they're feeble, by the things that we carelessly say. Someone has said, make your words sweet because you may have to eat them. I've eaten enough of them in my life that I have tried to learn to make them sweeter. Make it a practice to say good things about your parents, to bless them. And I want to encourage you to do that in some form that is permanent. 
It's wonderful to say it to them. It's wonderful to pick up the telephone. It's convenient to do that and dial a few numbers and get them on the other side of the country. But there's an advantage to putting it down in writing. Because then, later, when it's too late to say those things, some of you have heard me say this before, when it's too late to say those things because they're gone, you have a permanent record of what you have said to them, and you know that you said some precious things to them. You're glad that you had the opportunity to share those thoughts while they could enjoy them. Bless your parents. Speak well of them. Do it frequently in writing. Number three, to honor your parents, treat them respectfully. Once again, Proverbs puts it in the negative in chapter 19, verse 26, where it says, He who robs his father and drives out his mother is a son who brings shame and disgrace. He's warning here about not dispossessing your parents. Apparently there were some in Israel in that day who drove their parents away from home to care for themselves when they got old. They got in the way. They were a burden to the family. And so they were sent out to take care of themselves. Let's put it in the positive. And instead of saying, don't rob them, let's say, treat them with respect. Practice the golden rule with your parents. Show them deference. Show them your affection. Here the suggestion is that even as we become adults and our children grow old, there continues to be some responsibility for their welfare. When you as the child find yourself in the place of being a parent to your parents. Now he's not saying here that it's always wrong to put your parent in a senior center when you can't care for them. There are some who have no choice but to care for their parent because of health or for other reasons by putting them in a place where they're lovingly and well cared for. He's not arguing against that, but he's saying that we ought to take care of them in some appropriate, reasonable manner as they grow old. We need to treat them with respect at every age, to view them as our friends and not our enemies. Some teenagers see their parents as enemies, as those who are out to restrict them and hold them down, and they're against them. The fact is there are very few parents that have that kind of an attitude. There may be some who are emotionally or mentally messed up, but nearly all parents love their children and whatever restrictions they place on them is for their good. Fourthly, to honor your parents, watch your company. Chapter 28, verse 7. He who keeps the law is a discerning son, but a companion of gluttons disgraces his father. The English version puts this instead of glutton. A companion of good-for-nothings disgraces his father. We honor our parents by the kinds of friends that we choose. You see, some friends can create friction because parents often have an innate sense of 
who's good for their child or who's wrong for their child. Wrong friends will not only hurt you, but possibly bring disgrace to your family. You have a family name. Honor that family name. Uphold it. Bring honor to it. Watch your company. Now I can almost hear someone say, what about parents who are abusive? Or who are otherwise unworthy of honor? It is sad to say that there are some parents who fall into those categories. And they're not all unchristian, by the way. They're not all non-Christians, by the way. I'm also sad to say. What do you do when a parent has been abusive? What do you do when a parent is not worthy of respect by what they've done? Well, the answer is not simple to that question. But in general, I want to say this. That God wants us to honor our parents because of their position. Often, despite their failures and even their sins. We may not agree with them. We may weep for what they have done to us or to others. But nonetheless, they are our parents, and there is a sense in which God wants us to honor that position. Why should we do this? Why should we honor our parents? Because it's protective. I'm going to just quickly cover this. How is it protective? Honoring parents in the first place protects you from destructive consequences of rebellion. Chapter 20, verse 20. Here's 2020 vision. If a man curses his father or mother, his lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. That's one of those verses that got to me that day I told you about. By honoring our parents, we protect ourselves from the destructive consequences of rebellion. As a rule, one who is a rebellious child grows up to experience a premature and often tragic death. Because that rebellion in childhood sets in motion certain lifestyles, certain habits that cause the life to be ended often, tragically too soon. And so learning to respect authority, learning to honor parents, protects us from destructive consequences in our lives. It also protects us from a life of misery. A life of misery. Chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. They will be a garland to grace your neck and a chain to your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Now skip down to verse 22. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will you mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you, made my thoughts known to you. And on he goes to tell about the consequences of not listening 
of not respecting, of not honoring parents. It's misery. The consequences of defiance in early life are carried over into adult years. Learning to honor our parents saves us later in life from remorse and regrets that cannot be corrected and healed. Honoring our parents finally protects you from God's judgment. Yes, God's judgment. You see, it is a law of God that we honor our parents. And if we do not respect the law of God, we place ourselves under the judgment of God. God compares rebellion against authority to witchcraft. It is the heart of satanic sin to be rebellious. So when we put that away and we honor our parents, it protects us from the judgment of God. We place ourselves under God's protective umbrella when we learn to submit to His authority in our lives. Oh, we need to learn the wisdom of God. We need to hear the wisdom of God. We need to practice the wisdom of God in our families. It will change our lives for the better. And if enough of us do it, it will change our culture for the better. But to do that requires repentance, requires a change of thinking, maybe even a humbling on our part. One of the happiest moments in my childhood memories were those times when we gathered around the evening supper table. We didn't call it dinner on the farm. You ate dinner at noon. You ate supper at night. We gathered around the supper table. Mom, my brothers, my sister, later my stepdad, my half-sister. I say those are happy memories because when we got around that table, whatever had happened the day, during the day, whatever squabbles there had been, and there were a few, however severe the cob fights had been, you don't, you've never been in a cob fight, have you? Man, you get a wet cob and throw it at somebody, they'll know what hit them. Great sport. Whatever had happened to strain our relationships, when we came to that table, we had to sit down together, and it had to be over. And when we sat down there, even though we had fought during the day like siblings do, though we had disagreed with mom or with our stepdad during the day, as happens with children and parents, when we sat down to the table, we were face to face with one another. It was a time of settling those kinds of issues. It was a time when we knew that we belonged to each other. That's what the Lord's table is for you and me. This is our Father's table. We come to this table recognizing that we've failed, that we've sinned in many ways, even against others in God's family, our own families. And we're saying as we come to the table, we need to put those things aside. We need to correct those things because we belong to each other. And as we sit down with the Father at this table where we remember His Son, let's make it a happy memory. 
Let's make it a blessed time. As sins are repented of. Where we give ourselves afresh to each other. And to our Lord. Let's pray. Now Father as we partake of these elements. As we come to your table. To observe this last supper. Memorial that Jesus gave us. We do it with a sense of sorrow in our hearts for our sins. We do it with repentance in our minds, changing our minds about what we've done, the way we've lived, how we've treated others, how we've treated you. Father, we come to your table confessing, and we come receiving. Receiving with grateful hearts, the provision you've made for us in your Son. Thank you for his broken body. Thank you for his shed blood, which was for us. Minister to us as we partake around your table right now. Amen.